Good evening. Thank you for having me back here once again. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father God, we praise you. We praise you, Lord, that you allow us to call you Abba, our Daddy. That you desire that intimate relationship, that walk of a father with his child. Lord, we praise you that you are a perfect father. Lord, you guide us and you discipline us. You love us perfectly. We lay at your feet this service. We pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Does life ever present you with challenges? Raise your hand if you've never been challenged before. Who in this room is in complete control of everything in your life? Nobody? I was going to say I want to talk to you if you are. Has your life ever given you things that you feel like you can do nothing about? A dear woman whom I love was told recently that she has a lesion on her brain. She is in the first throes of Alzheimer's. She gets to watch herself fall apart because at this point she realizes what's going on and where she's missing things. Perhaps, like my wife and I, you are part of what they call a sandwich generation. You're sandwiched between trying to care for older parents and still raise young children. All at the same time, maybe you live on a fixed income and there's been some kind of expense that shows up and you can't afford it, but there it is. Is there someone at work or school or maybe even in your own family who has taken a distinct disliking to you and you just can't figure out why? At times, life can be overwhelming, can't it? At times, we feel like the psalmist in, in Psalm 130, right before Psalm 131. In Psalm 130, he says, out of the... Is, is it because I have this here? Is, is that... No? Okay. Sorry, things just sounded a little weird. Um, in Psalm 130, he says... Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? Go before God and we just throw our hands up. God has put us in this world. This fallen, sinful world. He has not taken us out of it but has left us here with all of its challenges. He's left us here with a purpose. To be ambassadors for the gospel message, right? To build the church, to share the love of Christ, to display to the world so great a salvation as we have been given in Jesus Christ. And oftentimes, although we've been given such a wonderful task to do on this earth, we are not kept from the challenges that this world presents. Sickness, financial struggles, relational issues, but there's a purpose in this as well. Scripture calls us 
to the riches of the grace of God given to us in Jesus Christ, and having received so great a salvation, we now show the world the grace of God as we endure the trials graciously. How can we do that? How do we endure the hardship with grace? How can I possibly have a perspective of peace a calm, a lack of anxiety with this trial, in the midst of this hardship. Scripture tells us about Jesus Christ, and along with the salvation that we have at the cross, the hope of everlasting life at the resurrection, God's Word also reminds us, in light of our Christ-centered hope, to now have a Christ-centered perspective in this life to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Our passage tonight gives us three steps to achieving a perspective of peace in the midst of, of adversity. When we feel lost, hopeless, ineffective against the hardships of this life. When we're in that position, we can find peace in the midst of that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, when we, one, humbly recognize our limitations, two, we are nourished and comforted, and thirdly, when we remember what God has done. Go ahead and open up, if you haven't already, to Psalm 131. Psalm 131 comes right after Psalm 130. Verse 1. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. To find the perspective of peace that the Lord offers to us, our psalm today says that we first need to humbly recognize our limitations. We need to humbly recognize our limitations. This psalm looks at life through the eyes of a baby. It says like a weaned child, right? Anybody remember what life was like at two months old? No? You see things that are about 18 inches from your face. I guess somehow they've asked them or something, but they, they can only see things and recognize people and things that are 18 inches from their faith, 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 from their faith of faces. So their worldview, the things they can understand and conceive is very limited, isn't it? Verse 1. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. 
I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. There are things in this life that are too great, too marvelous. Things in this life that we don't grasp, don't understand. Our worldview is limited. We need to see ourselves as babes, mere babes before an almighty God. As a baby, your worldview is limited pretty much to yourself and your connection with the person right in front of you. This verse reminds us of our finiteness and the necessity of realizing just how limited we are. There are things in this world, in this life, that I will never understand and can't possibly control. Why is it that all the lights turn red when I need to get somewhere? Why did my friend lose his son to an early death? There's things we won't understand and can't possibly control, and it's okay. It's okay. That is who God created us to be. That is who God created me to be. He created me to be finite, to be limited, to be dependent. He wants me to understand my limited fallen nature with humility so that I can then understand just how greatly, how deeply I need to depend upon him. When I finally grasp my limits and and comprehend his infinite, eternal limitlessness, when I finally see him 18 inches from my face, I will lean into him as a child leans into their mother or their father, and they just lean into their chest and depend upon them. Uh, What child, up to about three or four or five years old, doesn't think that their parents can't do, can do anything. And we look at God and we realize, I can't tie my shoes, but you can do anything. Discovering the limitedness of ourselves helps us to, helps us to look to God and understand his limitlessness. Johnny Erickson Tata. Anybody here ever heard of that person? I, I had the, the pleasure of hearing her on the radio. She was uh, with Greg Laurie, and she's a quadriplegic. She was a swimmer, got an a injury, and, and she can't really do much. She's stuck in a wheelchair. She has to have other people doing things for her. She knows the meaning of limitations, and she prays to the Lord every morning to get her through the constant pain and hardship of her injuries. In her own words, this has taught her a dependence upon her Savior, a dependence upon Jesus Christ. Acknowledging her limitations has taught her a proper dependence upon God. My limited abilities forces me to realize my need for a Savior. I can no more wipe out the sinfulness of this world than I could wipe out the sin of my own. 
my limited abilities in light of God's limitlessness reminds me that where I cannot be, the things I cannot grasp, the things I cannot control, the things I can't take care of, God is there. Psalm 139, a couple pages over. Just to realize the limitlessness of God and the finiteness of man, he says, David says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you. He goes on. God is everywhere, knows everything, and is intimately involved in our lives in ways we cannot understand, cannot begin to see. He's unlimited while I'm finite. I've been applying to this church in Pennsylvania. Okay, just, just checking. <laughs> There's been interviews, there's been questions, there's been things thrown at you left and right, and, and every time you walk away from something like that, you go, oh, I wish I had said this, or I wish I would have gotten that a little clearer. But it teaches you dependence upon God. God is in the midst of all these things. He's in those answers. If we are prayerfully depending upon him, He's in those lack of answers. If he wants it, it will come about. If he does not, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We can either hold on to everything and that we cannot manage, or we can know that the Lord is God, and where we struggle, he is present. Where we don't have the words, God is in the silence. He's in the blank spaces, the things that we cannot control. When I accept my limitedness, my inability to do anything about my fallenness, and accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I gain access. When I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I gain access to an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God and Father. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. You can jot the reference down if you want to. I don't want to keep you here all night. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Since then, 
we have a high, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. When we accept salvation in Jesus Christ, we gain access to the very throne of God. And he is able. When I humbly receive salvation in Jesus Christ and I recognize my limitations, I gain access to a father who wants the best for me. He absolutely loves me. Zechariah, he sings over you. Do you know God is thrilled that you are his? We have a father who wants the best for us. Romans chapter 8. Verses 26 through 29. Again, you can jot down the reference. Romans 8, 26 to 29. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. We have a father who loves us and works out even the trials and hardships and difficult things of this life for our good. if we humbly recognize our limitedness and come before him and receive the salvation that we have and need in Jesus Christ. And we come before him then with our troubles and our trials and we lay them at his feet knowing that he can deal with them. First, we humbly recognize our limitations to gain a perspective of peace. And then we need to let ourselves be nourished. Let ourselves be comforted. To a baby, every discomfort feels like it's the end. They wet their diaper. They cry their eyes out. Every trial feels like it will never end. It's, and it's insurmountable. Before a baby is fed, have you ever seen a a baby who's hungry? The pangs of hunger don't just bring about a question of, Mommy, when's dinner going to be? No, they, this, they, tears are shed and, and cries ring out and they can't handle it. This hardship, this trial is too great for me. I am bound to die. My stomach today will eat itself and it will eat the rest of me and I will perish. Right? That's the way it feels. Verse two. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child, a child who has been fed with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul 
within me. The child who depends upon their mother is fed and comforted. Have you, uh, um, sorry, lost my place. If they, they're fed and comforted, if and only if they accept the food. Uh, that baby I was talking about a few minutes ago, when they're crying so hard, they're sitting in a, in a high chair, right? And you grab the Gerber and the spoon and you put it in their mouth. What happens? It, it all comes right back out, doesn't it? They're crying so hard, they are so distraught, they just won't let themselves be fed. We know, I know you're hungry and I'm trying to feed you, and they just, uh, right? If they would just calm down and take it, they would be comforted, wouldn't they? Am I allowing myself, are we allowing ourselves to be comforted by our Father in heaven? Are we allowing ourselves to quiet our souls? In this picture of a weaned child, they they are fed, they are full, they are in their mother's arms, they are protected. They, They no longer are exposed to the harsh elements of this world. They are swaddled in a blanket and and held. They finally let themselves be fed. Through the trials of this life, God offers us means of comfort. And we need to be willing and ready to receive those means of comfort. Just as a child in its mother's arms, we too need to be fed in the midst of our trials. And our Father offers us nourishment from His Word. We need to let ourselves be fed. We need to spend time in the midst of a trial when it feels like the world is crushing in upon us. We need to go and run to his word. We need to let him stick that spoon in our mouths and feed us and nourish us and and provide for us in this way. Read regularly. Read daily. We don't go a day without two, three, four meals, and dessert. Every day, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we neglect the nourishment of God's word, we might become so flustered with hunger that we don't even realize what we need anymore. And then this becomes a a nice dust collector on the bed next to us or whatever on the bedstand. We, we'd be like the child who, who pushes the way the food that it needs. And then, sometimes the Lord brings the trial. He allows the trial that endears us to Him, that endears us to our Father and reminds us of how deeply we need to be fed by him. Deuteronomy 8.3, 
I was just quoting it. Moses is talking to Israel, and he says, He, God, humbled you and let you hunger. Catch that? God let them hunger. He allowed the trial, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Perhaps the trial that you are in right now is God calling you back. God calling you to live not just on the things of this world, but to live by the words that have come from his mouth. Be comforted as we take in the nourishment of God's word. And and be comforted in prayer. Have you ever read through the Psalms? How many times David cries out and just lets it all fly. Let your frustrations and your concerns be known to God. Cry like a baby. Go to your prayer closet and just let him know, this is how I'm feeling, Lord. I need you. God can take it. Psalm 13, David is is just venting before God. I'm having to console myself. I'm having to consider things within my own heart. Where are you? What's going on? But then David is comforted at the end as he's allowed, after he's been allowed to vent and complain before God, he's comforted in remembering that God has been good to him. The Lord wants to hear from you. Be comforted in prayer. Spend time in his word, be comforted in prayer, and be built up in fellowship. Because God has provided this for us as well. He has given us the church and the church body that we might encourage each other, build each other up, spend time with other believers who can share similar experience, who can, who can empathize and sympathize with us. Because God did not create us to walk alone. He gave Eve to Adam because it was not good for man to be alone. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Paul says to them, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the love of Christ. God has given us a family in Jesus Christ that we might encourage one another, love one another, care for one another, and build one another up in our walk with Jesus Christ. If the trial you're going through right now is overwhelming, if if the hardship is insurmountable and you feel like your stomach's just going to eat you alive, Have you taken refuge in spending time in his word? In going before the Lord, in prayer, knowing that he wants to listen to you. He wants you to talk to him about where you are. And have you sought out your family in Christ that we might bear your burdens with you and be built up in fellowship? 
Or are we doing as we do sometimes? We, we allow ourselves to bask in the pain of the trial and self-pity to the point that we are ignoring the comforts that the Lord offers us, the comforts and the nourishment that God has provided for us. We recognize our limitations with humility. We engage the comfort and nourishment that the Lord provides. And finally, we are reminded of what the Lord has already done for us, just like David in Psalm 13. As babies grow, they tend to quickly attach themselves to those who provide for them, right? Have you ever seen a baby and, and they're with their mama? I know some babies are really easy, but a lot of them, once they get to a certain age, you try and give them to somebody else, especially a stranger, and what happens? They're like, get away from me, dude. I don't know you. They want to go right back to the one who comforts them. Children thrive on the love that is shown to them through provision and discipline and love lived out in their lives. They know who they can trust from a very early age and who they can depend on. Verse 3. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. As we move forward in this life through the trials, we continue to have peace as we hope in the Lord. And hope is not based on a, a blind, uninformed, thoughtless trust, but just like a baby who develops that very quick relationship with the people it knows is providing for them, and it just wants to return to them just like that. We need to return to our God. And remember how he has provided for us. Hope is built, it's a trust built upon things remembered, things known. The way the Lord has provided for us in the past. The way he has brought us through trials and tribulations already. I asked earlier, is anybody in complete control of your life? Nobody raised their hand. Has, are you in control of everything? No. Has anybody here gone through a trial and seen the Lord bring you through it. Oh, Alden Union, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Because you know the one who has brought you through trials in the past. You know he who has brought you through trials and tribulations already. My wife's parents needed to be taken care of. My, my mother-in-law was on hospice. She was on her way out. There wasn't too much hope from the doctors. But we got them into a really nice assisted living facility where their medications could be regulated. And, and her mom has gone from hospice to a new lease on life. She's doing just fine now. Their home has been sold to provide for their future. God has seen this done. 
It went on the market for $4.95. They got $520. God has seen this done. On and on, the blessings that the Lord has provided. We trust in the Lord because we can recall the truths that His Word expresses to us and how it shows us that He follows through on what He says. We can recall the trials and tribulations that He's already brought us through. We can look in His Word and and see prophecy after prophecy fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There is evidence, there is reason to trust in God. This is a God whom I can trust because I know Him and He knows me and I've seen Him provide through my life. Let us be His children who when they are taken away from the comfort and security of their Father by a trial, a hardship, or a tribulation, all we can think about is how desperately we need to and want to get back to the one who has always been providing for us, who has always been there and has always carried us through. He doesn't always take us out of the trial like we want, but he always carries us through. As we admit our limitations in the sight of his limited limitlessness as we take comfort in his provision of nourishment we recall to ourselves all the ways that the lord has proved himself over and over and we find our way through the present trial with a perspective of peace he may not remove me from the hardship but he will carry me through just as he always has. And perhaps there's something in this trial to conform me or maybe somebody near me as they see me go through the trial with a perspective of peace. Maybe this trial is for them, that it might conform them. If the worst things should happen, if death should come, I know from all I know of my Father in heaven that there is paradise waiting for me, an eternal life. In this is the perspective of peace that surpasses all understanding, the perspective of peace that the Lord wants for us in this very trying life. Let us humbly recognize our limitedness, our finiteness. Let us take comfort in his word, praying before him and in fellowshipping with the family in Christ. And then as we're going through this trial, we recognize and remember all the things he's already brought us through and walk with a perspective of peace that shows us to be different from the rest of the world. Let's pray. Lord, our God, we praise you that you are not just a sovereign God, but a loving Father. We praise you, Lord, for your word as it brings us words of conviction at times. And Lord, at the same time, it brings us words of peace and comfort. Help us to be students of your word. Help us to walk in your ways and to walk 
with that perspective of peace that you offer to us. Lord, we praise you for the things you provided for the family in Christ that can encourage us and bear one another's burdens. Lord, you are so abundantly good to us. We praise your holy name. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.